0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hello, Navy football fans and supporters. Welcome to another edition of the Believe in Navy football podcast. I'm Bill Wagner with the Baltimore Sun and Capital Gazette newspapers, longtime Navy beat writer. I am joined by my co-host, Keenan Reynolds, uh, the most uh, successful triple option quarterback in Navy football history. Uh, set a ton of program and ncaa records during his career folks we are breaking down the victory over tulsa friday night lights in northeast oklahoma and navy gets out of there with a 20 to 17 victory uh one notable fact navy does not lose at tulsa navy is now 5-0 at ha chapman stadium keenan i believe you road
0: victories at Tulsa correct yeah you know we got a we got one um we, we kicked the streak off uh at that stadium it's not the most dynamic place to play uh and right around this time of the year it can be kind of chilly um, which is surprising you know Oklahoma but uh you know great win you know uh, we were talking before we started recording Bill it, it wasn't the prettiest you know you're not gonna hang hang a banner up for the victory but you know a win is a win and There's nothing like Mondays after a win on Saturday.
1: Well, it was good for the players to see some reward for their hard work. They've been talking about being close, 28-20, 27-20 to Cincinnati. So they're playing teams close, and it was good to finally get a victory, a W, uh, for what they've been doing, the work they've been putting in, the preparation. Um, Obviously, let's start with the defense because, to me, that's how this game was won. Brian Newberry, the defensive coordinator, dialed up yet yet another brilliant game plan and really had the Tulsa quarterback Davis Brin off balance. he He did not seem he was confused and did not seem comfortable throughout the game. Navy did a great job of mixing coverages, sending blitzes from all angles. And it was an outstanding game plan. And the bottom line is Tulsa, a very prolific offense. I believe they came in, ranked. 21st in total yards per game, and they were held to 10 offensive points, obviously, and we'll get to that. (laughs) One of the touchdowns came via special teams. Uh, We'll talk about special teams next, but let's just – your thoughts on that Navy defense, and what's really impressive to me, Keenan, is this is a Navy defense that is increasingly younger. Every time I look out there, there's a new sophomore or freshman, guy that caught my eye this past week, was Justin Reed a freshman defensive end that is suddenly getting a lot of playing time and doing some good things? But mm-hmm. very young on the defensive end, yet getting the job done.
0: Yeah, you know the defense has really kind of. I feel like the rest of the team really got has have to step up and and do their part to at least give. You know, we we, bring, we have a we've had a chance for the last four or five weeks. To win games, defense has kept us in games despite mistakes on offense, despite break, complete, absolute breakdowns on special teams. Defense has found a way to make plays. I think there were two plays that stood out to me. Um, one was uh, I think it was Michael McMorris ran ran down Tulsa's running back. That was a huge play. I think if you if if he doesn't make that effort play, we lose the game. Um, you know that was massive. And then I think there was a pick in the end zone. That was pretty big as well. Uh, just the way that he made that play—that was a huge play. I think there was a couple of plays where I was just like, "Thank, finally, we make a big play." I mean, Tulsa—Tulsa Tulsa makes some big plays. You, we, we alluded to the the special teams, and we'll get to that. But they made some huge plays. But at the end of the day, like, you know, the guys just found a way to make more, and when it when it counted, and so really proud of the defense. I still think we gotta really emphasize tackling. Um, I think that's what happened on the long run. The guy just make a, made a move, make a guy miss, and then he was off to the races. So gotta be better in space and tackling. But uh overall, really, really proud of the effort. They continue to fight, they continue to keep the team in the game. And I think if they didn't play as well as they did, um Navy doesn't have a chance to win that. And I think I think it's marketable improvement too, because like like you, like we've alluded to many, many times on this podcast, they've always been, you know, one or two scores away from, from winning a game. They've only lost, you know, a lot of the games have been one touchdown, one score games. And so now to finally be on the other end of that, I think that's huge because uh, it kind of shows that, hey, we can do this. I mean, we saw that in the UCF game, the first one they got. You guys can do this if you just come up with enough, you know, big plays when it matters. So real proud of those guys on the on the defensive side of the ball.
1: Well, the Michael McMorris running down the uh, tailback from behind was uh, just incredible. And Coach Niamat called it not only the play of the game, the play of the year. He yeah. said basically that game, that play won the game because – Mikey yeah. McMorris, that was Anthony Watkins, by the way, as a tailback, who was well on his way to a long touchdown run. And Mikey just sold out, I mean, sprinted full speed for about 40-plus yards, driving him down from behind. That's and Navy he, football. Yeah, and Navy uh, gets to stop and forces field goal. That's a four-point swing. And then uh, on the heels of that, which I – and this was the beginning of the good things for the offense. And we'll uh, re- quickly recap the – the beginning of the first half for the Navy offense. Four punts and a turnover on downs. Five mm. possessions, could not even sniff a first down, just could not get it done. And I mean, I tell you right now, I was texting with our producer, Chris Cervello, and we were not happy. And we we're just like, you know, at this point in the season, you know, eight games into the season, I do not expect to see a dysfunctional offense. However, It got better on the last series, and it was funny because the television announcers chastised Coach Niamatololo for calling a timeout with, like, 30 seconds remaining. And they are just like, what are you doing? What's the point? You just take a knee and go into halftime. Be happy you're only down 3 nothing." Well, Mm -hmm. the very next play was a pitch to slot back Carlino Sacy, which he took 64 yards, Huge. and that set up a field goal by Bijan Nichols, and it's 3-3 at halftime. So it's kind of the opposite of what happened in that Cincy game where it was a swing in favor of Cincinnati. This was a swing in favor of Navy seven points. They Instead of a touchdown, it's a field goal, and then Navy gets a late field goal, and they get a little positive momentum going into the second half. And then obviously the second half was much better offensively. Ty Lavatai found his footing. He directed two long touchdown drives, a 75-yard touchdown drive, an 80-yard touchdown drive, both a lot of plays in the teens for the plays and a lot of time taken off. And uh Keenan, I'll get you to comment on the offense, both the good and bad. But I will also mention that Coach Niamatololo said the reason the Navy offense improved in the second half was because Ivan Jasper, the deposed offensive coordinator is the one that suggested they go with the unbalanced line. He saw something that Tulsa was doing defensively. He felt that Navy could exploit it with the heavy formation as Navy likes to call it. And that is how the slotbacks got sprung. I believe AC and fellow slotback Carlos uh, um, Chance Warren uh, combined for 150 rushing yards. So the slot backs got it going on the perimeter. So Keenan, thoughts on offense?
0: Surprise, surprise! Ivan Jasper comes up with game changing adjustment. We haven't heard that one before. Uh, you know, I, I I didn't hear that until just now. And again, I'm not surprised. I almost thought you were about to say he Coach Jasper called the second half, which would have been pretty crazy. But um, yeah, I, the first half was really frustrating. It was like one of those like I'm ready to turn the game off. Type of halves, like <laughs> I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> like, come on, guys, let's let's do something. But um, that's why you play four quarters, man. And and again, I think when, when we talk about how to win, like learning how to win, this is how you this is how you win games. You have big plays that get you have a long run that you that you don't give up on that you make the play on. You give up a ninety six yard kickoff return for a touchdown. You know you make plays in the red zone. You turn you get game turnovers in the red zone. You stall it on office in the first half, and then come back in the second half. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say it was at 3:08. Was that the rushing total uh, this uh, this week?
1: No passing yards. Keenan was a uh, classic Navy. many years the Navy won without a single passing yard.
0: Yeah, so I mean, you, you, essentially, you, we would say 90 percent of that rushing uh, came from maybe the last play in the second, in the first half, and then the entire second half. So, I mean, that's just that's how you win games, like. You don't win games in the first second quarter. You do know, you win them by playing complete games. So now, you know, going forward, I think <clears throat> we got away with the first half because it was Tulsa and they weren't they weren't that I mean they were pretty sound on defense. Um, but I mean overall as a team, they weren't, you know, they weren't world beaters, right? So in order to compete at a higher level against these higher teams, you can't it can't take you 30 minutes to get going to offense or twenty seven or twenty-nine minutes and thirty seconds. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to be able to move the ball in like after the first drive, we need to be making, we have to be able to find a way to move the ball and whether that's, you know, changing up play calling, whether that's more better reads up, up front. You know, I saw a couple of times where we were getting beat in one-on-one matchups and again and again, and I tweet about it and I keep saying it every week on this podcast because it, it hasn't changed. The game hasn't changed. It's still the same game. It's always been one-on-one matchups. And until we figure that out, we're going to keep struggling until, and then when we figure it out, we we have success. So, um, overall, I guess I, I'm proud of the the performance on the ground, Um, but I, I think as we move forward, we gotta get to a fast start. Like, c- can we get a, you know, seven play, 80 yard drive for a touchdown to to, to start something off? You know, first possession. That's what we need. Like, because when you do that on offense, it just it's just something about the energy it creates. It, it 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 flows through through the defense. It flows through through the special teams, which I have a very I can't wait till we hit on a special team. I've been holding off every time you keep teaming me up for it, but I'm gonna keep holding off to the specific special teams segment. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think offensively a long way to go still, but improving nonetheless.
1: Before we jump to the special teams, uh, then Wednesday night, we'll preview the name Na- the Notre Dame matchup. Navy goes to South Bend, Indiana under the shadow of touchdown Jesus to play Notre Dame. And, uh, before we went on the air here, our producer Chris Cervello had uh, looked up the line and the points. And so what is it, uh, Chris? Uh, I don't think uh, Navy's favored.
2: No, it opened <laughs> at uh, 19 and a half. Uh, Notre Dame. and a half. Yeah. And uh, the over-under opened at uh, 45 and a half. Hmm.
1: So what is your thoughts? Uh, what are you going to do when you go on Bet Online to wager on the Navy-Notre Dame game?
2: I like Navy with the points, and I like the over. Um, i I'll, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I, I think Navy can win this game. I, I really do. Uh, they play two uh, two halves like they they did in the second half and uh, against Tulsa, and like they did in the first half against Cincinnati. And I think they shocked the world. I, I really do. Keenan's got me believing.
1: Well, before we talk about our sponsor bet online, I will say that a nice comparative matchup is the fact that, Cincinnati beat Notre Dame on its home field 24 to 13 and Navy played Cincinnati tough in a 27 20 loss. Now the one difference I would say is that the Cincinnati defense is just outstanding and dominant and aggressive. And clearly they got after Notre Dame if they held them to only 13 points. So that's a big ask for the Navy defense as well as it's been playing. But real quick, let's talk about bet online, our sponsor, which has a new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe50, that's B L E A V 50, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online, where the game starts. All right, Keenan, now's your chance. Anthony Watkins, 97 yard kickoff return. I'm at the point now, do not kick the ball deep to the returner. I don't care who it is. And that's what Navy did after that. They went with the pooch kick, uh, you know, yes, you give them great field position, but at least it's not a return. Keenan, all right. So we've got a punt return for touchdown. We got three block kicks, field goals, punts, extra points. We got um, bad punts, you know, that give teams great field position. Shank punts. We got Chance Warren fumbling a punt, fumble turnover. I mean, I I am at my wits end, and I don't. I'm ready to ask them to. Good Lord if Frank wish Frank Gans was still alive the special teams guru to come back we need to find a special teams guru to get this this units in line. what is going on Keenan? yeah, you kind of took
0: the words out of my mouth I was just about to say I think we need to explore hiring a full-time like the only thing you coach is special teams um because it's tough at least from my time there I know that a lot of position coaches doubled as you know different special teams coaches so they kind of divvied up like certain coaches will take kickoff, some would take punts, some would take like a defensive coach would take kickoff and punt Offensive coach, take punt return, kick return. Makes sense. I think you have to get a, um, a dedicated special teams coach. And and just for my time in the league, uh, first of all, I think we have to get it around in the player's heads. Like this is important because a lot of times players want to be the star on offense. They want to score touchdowns. They want to make all the tackles on defense. They want to start on defense and then they get put on special teams as a young player that's not really playing a lot on offense or defense. And they're like, oh, here we go with kickoff. Here we go with punt. You know, you kind of don't want to be out there. But then you lose games because you give up punt returns for touchdowns and kickoff returns for touchdowns, and you get punch blocked, and you get field goals blocked. It doesn't matter until you lose a game, right? So I think number one, we need to get a, a dedicated special teams coordinator to take over and kind of like just take that responsibility and it's not necessarily a knock on anybody that's doing it now it's just you need to you need to signal its importance by by dedicating one person to the entire faith phase, all phases right and then you have the different coaches kind of assist and that's kind of the way the league does it is some of your assistant coaches on defense or whatever will help out and assist or individual portions of, of, of the special ter- special teams units and then you got to get it you have to make it serious in practice like it has to be – I remember special teams at the Baltimore Ravens under Jerry Rosberg was the hardest part of practice. And that's saying something because the Ravens practice hard. But that first 30 minutes that we spent on the field, it was hell. I mean, you ran, you sprinted full speed every single unit over and over. It you it was a track meet. Kickoff was a track meet. And you were getting cussed out, f bomb, you know, the whole nine but the whole point was it's important because when you lose a game because you give up a kickoff return or you fumble a punt return or you get a punt block and you lose a game there's nothing worse because it's like it was just a complete breakdown in something that's supposed to be um routine and done right you know what i'm saying because everybody always talks about nobody knows who the long snapper is to who he does a bad snap right so i i It's very irritating because it's every game. And we keep coming on here and we keep talking about it every week. And I know they're talking about it every week. So I don't really know what to do. Kick off maybe, you pooch it, and just give up the fact that, you know, the other teams are going to get the ball on the 40-yard line. The whole point of kicking it deep is to try to keep them, make them go to the the distance. But if you pooch it, now they get the ball on the 45. Short field, you know, defense is already playing its heart out. But every single time we come on the field, we got a short field. What? punts? the whole point of punting it's change field position. It's flip field position. Pin them deep. Make them go to the end of the field. But if you don't punt it well, you get it blocked. Now they got you know 20 yards to go, 40 yards to go. That's a really tough spot to put your defense in, right? Return game. The whole point of return game is on punt. On the punt side, ball security. That's the number one thing. Get the ball. Let's actually come away with the ball at the end of this possession. And then the second thing is the the, the saying for old punt returners is get a first down. You don't got to be a hero. Just get a first down. Get ten yards. You just made it. You made it ten yards less to we a travel on offense. And then on kick return, I feel like we've we've made some really really big plays. Um, I don't know the kid's name. I know he's a young guy. Um, Tell
1: boy, Haywood, the young kid yeah is, yeah man.
0: 20, is it twenty four? Is that his number? Man, first of all, every time he touches the ball, <laughs> I feel like he's gonna he's gonna squeak through and break one. All right, that's one two. Why are we not getting him the ball in space on offense? That is a lot of players have made their money in the NFL by being special players on special teams. So this is what I think. This is how I think we should change the philosophy. If you're a young player, your ass is going to be on special teams. And if you don't perform, you will not play on offense or defense. If you want to get on the field, you make tackles on kickoff, you make tackles on punt, you make plays as a returner. If I have a young guy, a lot of speed, don't really know if he knows the plays or not, I'm going to put him as a returner and see what he can do. The more plays you make in the kickoff, in the punt game, the more opportunities you're going to get on offense. That's how it works in the league. That's how it should work in, in, in Navy. And I think when they change the philosophy to kind of center it around, you know, you got to do good here to even sniff the field, kids will show up. They'll play. They'll make tackles. They'll go hard because they They wanna. They wanna make. they want to start on defense. They want to carry the ball. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to sit on the bench the whole game. So that, you, you create an incentive by your performance on special teams. And your performance on special teams can also move you down your offense and defense of uh, depth chart. Because now it's like, oh, I don't do good on special teams. And they might be doing this. I don't know. I might end up meetings. But I'm just saying from the outside looking in, they might say, oh, uh, well, I, didn't, I got took off punt, but I still play on offense. No big deal. Or oh, I'm not returning anymore, but I still play. You know, I still in the rotation to A back. Nah. You drop the ball. You you don't perform on special teams, you don't play. Simple as that.
1: That's how you change that. That's how you change the mindset. I agree with that philosophy, Keenan. And Mikel Haywood, I would like to see a little bit of him on offense because it's funny what you said is exactly what Scott Strassmeyer, the outstanding sports information director, tweeted out during the game. That I love this Haywood kid. Every time he returns a kick, I think he's going all the way. And he he almost busted one in this past game and he had a very long return against Cincinnati. So, yeah, if a kid can make plays with the ball like that on a kickoff return, let's throw him a pitch. And you know, I know Navy slotbacks so will coach will say, "Well, you don't play if you don't block or you don't know." I mean, so I don't know if he is yet there, but yeah, but, I mean, I was I was going to was gonna
0: follow up with that, like, you know, it could be a lot more into it. Maybe he doesn't understand the offense, but at the end of the day, at two and six, at the bottom, we're at the bottom of the FBS in the explosive plays. I think I'm looking for explosive plays. Now, I don't want to, you know, I get it, right? You don't want to give off the impression that guys are getting special treatment because they're, I mean, but if you, can, if you can make plays with the ball in your hand, you kind of deserve some special treatment. I'm sorry. It, it, you, I, that's how I see it. If you want to make design plays,
1: one or two plays in which you pitch the ball to a design pitch, they have that one play that's a quick pitch. Bring Mikel Haywood in for that a quick pitch. You know, you don't have to worry about if he knows the player, or if he knows the, which way to go, right or left, or whether. Sure. He's going to block successfully. He knows he's coming in to take a pitch. Let's see what he can do. And I'll tell you what else, Keenan. You, you said it when you mentioned about the Ravens. I, I don't understand why every NFL team has a special teams coordinator. So at the top of the coaching hierarchy in the NFL, you got an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and a special teams coordinator. I have no idea why that's not the case at the collegiate level. There's a lot of positions on that staff, and I cannot believe that they do not dedicate one – to a special teams coordinator whose only job, he doesn't have to coach a position. His only job is to run special teams, make sure it's operating at a high level. And John Harbaugh was the special teams coordinator with the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. That's how he earned his stripes and became a head coach. And he said that the special teams coordinator is the one coach that I, he deals with everyone on the team because you have offensive and defensive guys on special teams. So you interact with everyone on the team, which is part of why, and he has said that that's why I am, you know, felt ready to be a head coach because I interacted with everyone. And of course he has made special teams and emphasis with the Ravens. And you mentioned Jerry Rossberg, one of the best special teams coordinators in the NFL. And that's why the Ravens are always very good. Special teams, Sam Cook, the her. Um, just, uh, Justin Tucker, the kicker. They're solid yep. in coverage and, and in returns. So I agree 100% with what Keenan said. So let's bring in Chris Cervello. You're our producer behind the mic and behind the glass. Your thoughts on the Tulsa game? Any thoughts, you? any questions you have for Keenan?
2: So we talked a little bit about it uh, already, but the difference between the first half and the second half. Um, how do you go about making those types of adjustments? um you, you know if, if it's whether it's coach Jasper or, or anyone else I mean that that's night and day from a uh from a fan standpoint where they go from not being able to do anything to you know seemingly be able to run the the option to perfection um take us through sort of how those observations come about and then you know the difference either in play calling or um in prep uh, on the sideline before Ty or whoever the quarterback is goes in and and starts to execute
0: yeah, um, well, first of all, I think it's it's a, it's kind of a, a lot of communication between the booth down to Coach Jasper since he's not in the booth anymore. He's down on the sideline, going back and forth, trying to see where they're lining up. And then it comes down to, okay, we got to do something, right? So I, I imagine the conversation was a lot around the lines of, hey, let's get in heavy. I wonder – I have to go back and watch the game, but I wonder if some, at some point in the first half – if maybe they got in heavy, or what we what they call the heavy, but it's basically unbalanced. I probably shouldn't have called the name of the formation out, but whatever. Uh they got in unbalanced, and uh just get a look like how are they lining up? Because you could what a lot of times what happens is like when you're watching the film of the team against another opponent, you a lot of teams do unbalanced, so you could see how they would adjust to unbalanced. And then you can infer based on how we line up what they're going to do when we get unbalanced. And then you can create matchups that put us at an advantage from an angle standpoint and a number standpoint. So more than likely at some point in the first half, I'm willing to bet that they got into unbalanced formation, got to look at what they lined up in. And then these guys have been doing this for so long. There's a big, uh, there's a Bible. I guess you could call it with every look, every defense and a, I know Coach Jasper has this. He has this big binder full of plays for every look and every defense. And depending on what they do, like cause a lot of times we've come out, practice against an even front or an odd front, and they've done something completely different. And you pull the binder out, he flicks through it, he finds the game plan for that look, and he goes to that. And that's how we adjust. So I imagine it was something along those lines. But, I mean, that's what that's what Navy's good at, is is countering what your, what your plan is. And a lot of teams, when you're going against the option, right, they have to keep things really simple for, for their for their kids. And because of that, they can't get very dynamic with their adjustments. Because once they get dynamic with their adjustments, they get out of position, and that creates even more loopholes for us to exploit. So we count on that. Like We count on them to have like one plan, and that's what they're going to do. And then when we adjust, they don't really have an answer. And then we just keep picking at it, picking at it, picking at it, picking at it. 10, 12, 40-yard touchdown. 10, 12, play action over the top that's kind of the formula. And that's, I imagine that's probably the conversation that was had.
1: Agree with Chris. I mean, it's kind of, we are accustomed to in, you know, for much of the triple option era um, coach Johnson and then coach Nehemiah would go into a game and maybe the first there is a feeling out process where they're trying to figure out what defense is doing. But by third series, they're like, okay, they're running this. We're going to go with that. And they got it going. And then, This year has been frustrating because there's been these just so many empty possessions. And it's like, what's going on? Why can't they figure out? And so I guess, you know, fans are fans and and, the media is media. And we see this and say, well, why wasn't that adjustment that Coach Jasper came up with at halftime? that worked so well. Why did that not come earlier? But I will say that we don't know the whole picture because Coach Niamat on his Monday presser Said again that tie missed some things, so we don't know how much of this was the players on the field. And and Keenan mentioned it earlier because then I saw that too. Guys just getting beat, not executing their block. And uh, I will also mention that Navy started a a Lionel Mertezi is a fresh a sophomore. He made his first career start at guard, and coach said I asked him how Mertez did, and he said, you know, good, some good, some bad, but that's what's going to happen he's gonna have some he's got some outstanding size and talent he's going to make some great blocks but he's also going to miss simon here and there and then also uh Pierce banbury the most experienced member of the offensive line left the game with an injury so very young uh that during that game against Tulsa they had three sophomores along the offensive line so I guess that's kind of what you get but between you know, and and is a sophomore so you got Sophomore quarterback behind sophomore offensive lineman. You're going to have misblocking assignments. You're going to have misreads, right, Keenan?
0: Yeah, you know, but again, um, I keep saying this, and I'm going to keep saying it. I have zero sympathy for young players that are just getting their first start. I don't do – you ain't figured out that guys get hurt. I mean, you don't see guys getting picked up off the ground every week. Every week there's somebody that's getting injured and a new person playing. So if by game eight you haven't figured out that hey I actually might be playing here soon I need to get my stuff together and learn what to do, I mean I mean yeah you're gonna make they're gonna make mistakes right I get it but I don't I'm not gonna be like well he's a young guy I'm like no like you made a mistake I'm gonna treat you as if you are an experienced player that's how I'm gonna treat you that's, but that's just my that's my take on it um, I think that uh, what's what's interesting to me is <laughs> we're digging really deep. I wonder how deep we are in certain positions where guys that are just like, who is this guy? Like I've never, I've never heard of him and they're actually playing. And it kind of reminds me of my sophomore year and be back. We were down when we were playing the San Jose state game. Q, uh, was our, uh, starter that year and he in that game i think he was like the fourth he at the beginning of the year he was like the fourth string b-back and he was the starter that game because Noah had gotten hurt i mean different guys were getting injured and they were out for a few weeks or here or there um when they came back they weren't quite themselves but they get these opportunities i mean these guys got to perform so the way i look at it is you got an opportunity to play you can't really use the excuse oh i'm young and i'm inexperienced man go take that job like you can you got an opportunity to take the job and be the starter from here on out. That should be your motivation to be prepared and be on top of your thing. Nobody's forcing you to make mistakes from an assignment. that's set, a setback. Like you might get beat. You might see something different that you've never seen before. You might go against a guy that has more experience than you. But as far as going the right way, going to the right person. That that's all yeah. on you to be prepped and ready to do.
1: I agree with Keenan. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I meant to mention this because Keenan referenced the great interception in the end zone, which was a huge turning point in the Tulsa game. That was Rayun Lane, a freshman out of mm-hmm. Gilman School in Baltimore. And frankly, the wide receiver. <laughs> he was open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he should have been a
0: touchdown, but you it know, should have
1: been a touchdown. The, the throw was on target and the guy bobbled the ball and the ball came backwards and. Lane did make a great play. He won, grabbed it with one hand and tucked it and rolled and, and made the interception. Uh, it was the receiver that set it up. But Rayon Lane is a guy who's doing exactly what you're talking about, Keenan, seizing a job. Mitch West, the bandit free safety, bandit safety out for the season, and the job's up for grabs, and they've tried a few people. Um, and all of a sudden Rayon Lane said, Hey, you know what? I- I'm the- I'm gonna be the guy back here. Um, so I agree with that 100%. Um, I'll tell you what, as we take it out, we're going to do our uh, Notre Dame preview later in the week, and we'll release that pod, you know, probably Friday. Um, but to wrap up the Tulsa game, Chris, any final thoughts? And uh, then we'll give Keenan the last word.
2: You know, when these guys play at the level that we as fans and, you know, members of the Brotherhood and media expect them to play at, you saw that from the defense, two halves you saw that from the offense in the second half and so as a fan still really waiting for both the offense and the defense to play a complete game uh, and the special teams and yeah the, well I'm just waiting for them to show up but uh I, this would be a good week for that to happen I mean that
0: you know it's, there's it, no time no time to.
2: like the present. it
0: yeah um great win really excited uh for the guys to get that one that was huge win. But now you're going to South Bend, and really strange things do happen to South Bend. I mean, we always there's been times that we've gotten blown out. There's been times where we've been in the game up until you know the last minute. There's been times where we've beat them on their own turf. So it's going to take a complete game. The defense is going to have to play like they played last week. Offense is going to have to play two halves, probably like they played a little bit of mix of last week and UCF. They're going to have to play that completely with no turnovers, minimal re- misreads from Ty. It's going to be loud. Um, he's going to have to do a lot of checking. He's always going to have to be on top of his game um, and special teams. Just, just keep, just get the guy on the ground. Like at this point, even if they go to get the ball midfield, just, just give the defense a chance to actually force a field goal or a turnover or something. There get the cannot be off. a
1: single special teams blunder in this game. Not no. one. I don't get care the, what. I don't. You can have a kick blocked. You no. cannot give up a long punt or kickoff return. Not a single one. You are not going to beat Notre Dame with special teams blunders.
0: Yeah. I think Notre Dame's probably licking their chops on the return side. Like, man, we can get, we can get one. Um, So it's going, I would, I would anticipate pooch kicks to the up backs. Um, Punting wise, I would expect directional punts to try to pin them on the sideline.
1: Absolutely. Because their punt returner is their tailback. Who's their, one of their best players, Tyron Williams. The guy's got a thousand yards from scrimmage and he's the punt returner. And last week, North Carolina made the mistake a putting did to him and he took it to the house.
0: Yeah. So, and then we got to find a way to protect it. And then we got to find a way to actually get a good punt and not shank it to the middle when we're expecting a left or a right punt. We got to be, got to make all our field goals. I mean, we're going to have to click. We're going to have to play a complete football game and then hope they make some mistakes along the way. Um, just like the Cincinnati game. Cincinnati didn't play well. We played well up until we didn't. We're going to have to do similar, similar things um the difference is we're not at home we're on the road and it's not a uh i'm not sure of the start time what's the start time bill is it a 4 p.m game
1: it's a 3 30 start in south bend
0: yeah I, I know that we we seem to play well uh with the early starts where you just wake up and go i was actually i think i was texting back and forth for coach jasper about that he was just like man we just something about playing well but i mean you don't really have no um no chance to think about the game you just wake up and go play so you know i i I would love to see that complete game, and we'll see what happens.
1: Yep, we'll break down Notre Dame a little more in depth in our our preview pod. Thanks again to Keenan Reynolds for his great insight and analysis. So always, thanks to Chris Cervello, our producer, who does so much work behind the scenes. We really appreciate him. Thank you for listening to another edition of Believe Navy Football Podcast, and thank you to Bet Online for their season long sponsorship of this pod. All right, everyone, we'll talk to you next time.
2: If you're a fan of the Believe in Navy Football podcast, be sure to check out Sing Second Sports wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Several times a week, special guest Bill Wagner along with host John Scofield and Ward Carroll, help you stay up to date with the latest in Naval Academy sports news as they dive into the physical mission of the Naval Academy and look at varsity sports, club sports, and intramurals at the Naval Academy. So be sure to check out Sing Second Sports.